Okay, so <laughs> I, you said something that really um, resonated with me, and mm-hmm. that is the spoofing of your emails and the whole drums around it, because I had some issues with sending out some calendar invites. So just reiterate one last time with me what you're seeing, because as a cybersecurity background person, it, it, it irks me to hear you say this story. So talk to me about your experience with emails and getting spoofed. So, so what happened is a while ago, somebody took my email address and then they send out these either phishing emails trying to get people's information or scams or porno stuff. And they, they make it look like it's being sent from your email address, but it's really not. Yeah. And, and there's nothing you can do about it because like there's just a way of setting it up like almost anyone can do it. So they did that to my email address a while ago. And so I got on a bunch of spam lists and I can't get off of them. And so many times I can be having like a personal conversation, just emailing back and forth. And then all of a sudden it goes into their spam folder, even if there's nothing spam worthy in the email, because somebody, you know, six months ago took my email address and sent out some stupid thing with it. Oh my God. I am so sorry you experienced that. And again, for me, like that just, to me, it's such a freaking um, attack on your own security and your own personal data and just you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, well, I feel so violated by it. So I'm so sorry you experienced it. So well, for all my cybersecurity thing, friends. that happened to me most recently, which is really the annoying part is I think somebody must've hacked my Facebook account because Facebook disabled my account. I appealed it. They said, no, they then disabled me on, on uh, Instagram and now even WhatsApp. And they're like, I violated community standards. What could I have possibly done on WhatsApp talking to my sister in Israel that I could have violated community standards? It's crazy. You know, they have these algorithms that if you get caught in the algorithm, it, it's like you're, you're deplatformed. You're nothing. You know, it, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it, you know what? I hmm, This could be a totally whole different topic. But let's let's table that, my friend, because really... The mic is listening and we want to be able to highlight you as a person and we can go after those damn oh, hacker people like mofos. But Sam, are you ready for the mic is listening? Absolutely. On that note, I'm like angrified for you right now. So I need I need 30 seconds to calm down. So here <laughs> we're going to queue up the intro. The mic is listening. 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 The mic is Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the mic is listening. Okay, so I am so irked right now and I was going to talk about something else, but now I'm just, it's on my mind and I have to do it. So thank you, Sam, for putting it up there. But I do want to talk about one thing. Let's talk about integrity and personal accountability. So as I've mentioned a bajillion times on this show, I started out in security, in cybersecurity, and I you know, built a career on technology sales and whatnot. So my mind tends to go back there, but I cannot for the life of me, now that I'm outside of the technology world, let go of how much I despise people who try to bilk money or corrupt people's life 
online for the betterment of yourself to try to make money or do whatever you do with that data. Like, honestly, if I could swear, I would be dropping so many words at you right now, people, that I hope you can live with yourself. And you know what? Wherever you go, whatever religion you believe in, I hope you go to the bad, 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 naughty, naughty, sad, sad, eternal damnation, hell, fire, and brimstone place. So... I'm not kidding. I'm so mad at that because I know too many people that have been built out of money. All of my adult senior, uh, you know, generation folks have been screwed out of thousands of dollars. So this is like so triggering me right now because these poor older people, they've worked all their freaking life. They predate technology. They have trust in humanity. So of course they will fall for social engineering issues. Maybe they don't secure themselves like they used to. It is not their fault. They don't know. Technology has moved so freaking fast that it's not capable for everyone to be on top of it. I am 48 years old and I am starting to see myself slide and I'm aware I'm educated and it's just so frustrating to me. So again, for those in cybersecurity, my hats off to you and salute to you for all my ethical hackers that are just on there fighting the good fight. Hats off to you for all those fracking jerk offs can go whatever. Screw you and screw the people that you walked all over, not the people you walked over. Screw you, just you. And I hope that money that you earn burns and that you never get any of it. Okay. On that note, so if you ever meet someone that just inspires you and you're like, I want to bond with this person and they pretty much can understand what it's like to like, you know, have, you know, tirades, I don't know, live and maybe how you control that. Thank goodness, you know, there's like those like delay buttons and whatnot. But, <laughs> you know, let's talk about these experts. So Sam Liebowitz, my friend who set me off here. Welcome to the mic is listening, sir. You are talk radio extraordinaire, executive uh-huh. producer, badass overall. <laughs> Thank you so much, Zia. I, I have to tell you, I really love your passion. It's so nice to see <laughs> someone getting fired up about something, though. I, I, I hope I just didn't put a, a, a rainy cloud on your day. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> you know what? It is like I see all those memes that get posted online all the time and not memes, but people, inspirational quotes, right, that we do right. on LinkedIn and whatnot to keep us going because heaven knows our work week can always be, you know, mm-hmm. crappy. Um, I do firmly believe, you know, I'll say it, shit happens. Yeah. How you respond to shit is right. totally different, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I, I like to think of myself as a monkey that you take that and you just toss it back. So mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a poop slinger. <laughs> I am team poop slinger flinger flinger flinger. Uh, it's going to take me quite a long time to get that image out of my mind now. <laughs> Sam, you gotta, you gotta pull me out here. I'm kidding. Okay. So, so how the did we meet? Topic is, <laughs> how did we meet Sam? We met through, we met through a networking Frank? event. Um, I Frank think- or JD. JD. Oh, uh, JD Gershwin. Yes. Yeah. It's either Frank Agan or JD Gershwin, which, by the way, two great networkers, yes. love them to death, and they've cultivated such amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know, think it was JD's uh, marathon networking event that he held like all day long, and people just pop in and out. And but for like like I don't know eight nine hours, he's just going all day long networking with people as they come in and out of the Zoom room. Oh yeah, that's insanity. Yeah, it's absolute insanity. I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm a people person. 
-hmm. not loving people that long. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not loving being on Zoom for that long. I just I just did a three day weekend workshop. I'm, I'm building a, a blockbuster show. And, and I mean, I, I I did it for the Evolutionary Business Council, an organization I'm a member of. And I did it with Teresa Degrobaugh and Charmaine Hammond. And they were both amazing. Um, but it's like I was the primary speaker for a day and a half of this three-day event, and then they took the other sessions. But by the end of this three days, I'm just like, oh, my God, shoot me. My eyes are, like, bleeding, and I, like, I can't stay on the computer on Zoom for hours on end like I used to. Oh, my gosh. You know, look, it is a fact. This type of engagement regardless whether we like it or not, is now part of our norm. It, yeah. I'm shocked, quite frankly, because the technology has always been there, that it's taken mm -hmm. this long for our culture and our society to embrace it. But now it's really it's it's really taken off, thanks, pandemic, I guess. But, yeah. Well, they were predicting this was going to happen, but they were predicting it was going to take another five to ten years. And with the pandemic, boom, oh. it happened mm -hmm. practically overnight. I mean, I've been using Zoom for at least five, six years. Yeah, I knew about it for a long time because the Evolutionary Business Council is a virtual organization with members around the globe. So we used to, we, we had live events, but we meet it virtually as well. So I got used to using it like, I don't know how long ago, but it was quite a while ago, like like close to six, seven years already. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I've used it as well. I just think it's funny that, you know, the whole advent of, you know, us, you know, when we were all locked down, um, we had to find ways to connect with one another and, you know, whether it was visually or just using the telephone, which by the way, I'm shocked telephone usage didn't go up during the pandemic. Right. Okay. It, it, it's almost like that reminder that like, I don't know why, but it just felt like the phone feels like antiquated technology. We got to do it over the internet. It's got to be over, you know, the internet, the IP, you know, bandwidth is this and all that. And I just think it's, I think it's kind of funny. Um, so which kind of brings me to why I wanted to talk to you and why I was so excited is because, you know, I produce podcasts, but mm -hmm. you produce an internet radio station and I love internet radio. I can't tell you how often, and I just, I stream all the time. And, um, so talk to me, like, how is your world going so far, especially in light of the pandemic? It had to have gone up. Oh, it, it, it exploded during the pandemic. Um, and, and one of the things, you know, I've been running the station now for over 12 years. And, and people ask, like, you know, when I, like 12 years ago, when I'd go and network and I'd say, oh, I have an internet radio station and people's eyes would gloss over and they're like, what are you talking about? And so now it's like everyone knows podcasting. Uh, podcasting's all the rage. Um, but now what I say is, well, it's kind of like a hybrid between a podcasting network and a traditional radio station. You marry the two of them together and we do all of our shows live first, but then we put out the recordings afterwards and that becomes the podcast. So then that becomes a sort of a little more understandable way of doing it. Um, but people ask me all the time, so, well, how did you get into this? You have a background in broadcasting? And I'm like, not really. No, not at all. And, you know, it's funny when I would introduce myself, when I do classes and webinars and stuff, I always say I've been an entrepreneur since 1993. And, you know, I've had businesses in half a dozen different industries, everything from entertainment to aerospace. But, you know, I, I went through a, a workshop recently and it got me thinking. And I realized, you know what? I've actually been an entrepreneur much longer than that. 
because back when I was a little kid, I used to deliver the dry cleaning with a friend of mine for his older brother when he'd be on, go away in during the summertime and make some extra money that way. And then a friend of mine was like, hey, you want to make some more money? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, look, on Saturday nights, when they deliver the Sunday papers, we can go to the, the delivery trucks when they drop them off the newsstands and buy a bundle of papers. And then we can go around and sell them in all the bars in the neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, great idea. Now, look, I'm going to date myself. And I got a lot of gray hair here. But back then, the Sunday paper was like 25 cents. OK, this was a long time. Yeah. Ago. So we, but we would go around because we're delivering it to the bars and we charge 50 cents for it. And there were a lot of bars. I mean, this was, I grew up in a very Jewish, Irish, Italian neighborhood. And so all up and down Kingsbridge Road and Fordham Road, there were all these bars, maybe 50 bars in a night. And I can make on a good, good night, I can make 50 bucks in a night. Wow. For a little junior high school kid in, in, in the Bronx was like a lot of money back then. But then I kind of realized, you know, when I was reflecting on it, that Really, I was doing that because I just want to make money to like buy things. And it was really to kind of fill a hole inside of me that even though I had an older brother, an older sister, I didn't really have that many friends. And I really felt alone because my older brother is eight years older than me. Mm -hmm. So when I was 10, he was 18. Like what 18 year old wants to hang out with a 10 year old? My, my sister was four years older than me and we just would fight all the time. So I really felt very alone. And I remember even, you know, I got this memory recently when I was a little, little boy in, in our dining room, we, I grew up in this two family house and we had a piano in the dining room, a black baby, black baby grand piano with a little cabinet right up next to it. And it created this little nook that I could sneak in. I could crawl in underneath and hide under the piano as a little boy. And I would just go and sit there and see did anybody miss me because I felt so I could just disappear and like no one would notice. And I could literally like hide there under the piano for hours and no one would even notice. Okay. My heart is just breaking for you because that is just like, like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> In a way, but it was, could we argue when we were growing up, you were expected to not be in the house anyway <laughs> until the sun, like till the lights came on. So did, could it be a safe assumption that maybe your parents thought you were just out? No, not in my neighborhood in the Bronx. No, not no? being a okay. Jewish boy in the Bronx. No, um, no, it was just my parents were very typical parents of that generation. They were caught up in their own stuff. They weren't very awake or aware. They, and and by the time they got to me, you know, I had my older brother and older sister to deal with. By the time it got to me, my mom was working. She was a school teacher. My dad was pretty absentee as a father. So, it, but the thing is, the reason why I bring it up is because what it did is it is it really like my interpretation of that story at the time really made me like have low self-esteem feel like i wasn't worth much and so i was always going out looking to try and find people like i was looking for my tribe my friends and and i would always end up hanging out with kids who weren't that nice to me I mean, eventually, you know, I did find some nice kids in high school, but even in like college, like I, I, I got involved with some friends who took total advantage of me. And, 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 wow. and then eventually I had business partners, even when I started working as an adult, because these stories that run around in the back of our minds, they carry through our entire life. And then I even had business partners who would cheat me and walk out on me and like all these problems until the point where it got so bad. I got involved with a broker, a commercial broker on this small development project that I poured everything into back around 2006, 2007. 
and he was supposed to mentor me through the whole thing and he was going to co-sign on the construction loan so we get the construction loan and all that and then you know what happened took the money and ran 2008 happened oh 2000 oh son of a cookie yeah he, yeah and then he ran and it's like, and he left me holding the bag. I mean, he couldn't steal any money from me because it was all in the project. But then the project went underwater. I ended up, I tried everything I could to salvage it. I was going everywhere, but everyone was in the same problem. And eventually I just lost it. I lost everything. I, I mean, thank goodness I still had my apartment. And, 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 and I just like, after that, I was so shook. I was so hit rock bottom. I was just like, I am never letting this happen again. Man, alive. Can I, can I ask you, Sam, because that is just like, because you know, it's so funny when you do your like introduction, when you're networking on LinkedIn and whatnot, we're all putting our happy, good faces and whatnot. And you and I were just cracking up and bonding. And I was like, and, and if you remember, we got to the point where like, I know I'm going to forget, like, and it's not intentional. When you LinkedIn connect with someone, you have a wonderful conversation. The hearts and souls and minds are there. You both want to do very well for each other and support each other. And then you never talk to each other again, right? right? And what did we do, Sam? We put ourselves on a monthly calendar just to right. say, don't forget about each other. Right. And right. and I love that because even though we haven't like had to have like another long conversation or we just haven't just because of timing and life is happening, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the fact that you're sharing this with me, I feel very honored because that's a lot of exposure that you're offering of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, wow, what an awesome opportunity to get to know you more deeply. Another aspect of Sam, because the Sam that I met the first time around was so much more like relaxed and free loving. This is more of the Sam like shit happened to me and we're going to talk about it. And let me ask you, with all that stuff that happened, what exactly did you do to pull yourself up and out? Because that is not an easy yeah. thing to, I mean, even now I'm sure to talk about has got to be painful yeah well again i want to be real right because this is one of the things if you're going to do a show you want people to resonate with you you've got to be real and authentic yeah and, and what happened I, I, life it just blessed me because after that happened i met a guy at a party this, this, this friend of mine brings this guy over and says, Sam, you got to talk to my friend. I'm like, uh, okay. So I'm like, uh, hi, what do you do? I don't know what to ask the guy. He's like, oh, I'm an acupuncturist. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I know a bunch of healers, but I don't know too many acupuncturists. And in his next breath, he was like, but I've decided to become a Buddhist monk and I'm selling off all my worldly possessions. I'm like, whoa, that's kind of different. I'm like, well, did you sell your practice yet? And he goes, no, not yet, but I'm talking to some people. I'm like, well, I network a lot. I know a lot of people. Maybe I can help you sell your practice. And he goes, oh, that would be really good karma for you. So then we're talking a little bit more. He says, oh, yeah, and I started this internet radio station last year. And I'm like, wait a minute. This sounds familiar. Acupuncturist radio station. I was like, what's your name again? And he says, Giorgio Rapetti. And I was like, ah. I know who you are because my friend Larry does a radio show on your network and he's told me about you, but he's never connected us. And now there he is standing in living color in front of me. And so a, a week later, I meet him in his office. I'm like, okay, I need to know the good, the bad, the ugly. If I'm going to help you sell this, give me the numbers. Tell me what I can tell people, blah, blah, blah. We go through everything. Tells me all about the acupuncture practice, which was okay. I mean, I, I've done healing work, but I'm not an acupuncturist. Wasn't too interested. But then he started talking about the radio station. And I have a background in technology. My degree is in computer science. And I've been doing public speaking since I was in college because I was on the speech and debate team in college. So that was really fascinating for me. 
And, and, and by the end of this meeting, I kind of jokingly said to him, I'm like, wow, this is such a good deal. It's like getting two businesses for the price of one. I go, I can't find someone to buy your business. I'll just buy it myself. We both kind of laugh at it because I'm not an acupuncturist. What the hell do I know about acupuncture? <laughs> Here's some needles. <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. So I go home that night and tell my wife about the whole thing. And she's like, has this way of just having this very stone cold face. You really can't read her. And she goes, forget helping him to sell his business. And I was like, really? And I was kind of crestfallen. And I was like, oh, he's such a nice guy. I thought I'd help him sell his business. And she's like, yeah. She goes, we may not have much money left after that real estate debacle, but we may as well put what little bit we have left into a business that's actually making money. Let's just buy it ourselves. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, what a great idea. Let's do that. And so that's what we ended up doing to everyone's surprise. And what I found was now I was offering something and I was being real true to myself, like being involved in real estate was really just about making money. I was trying to prove myself. It was greed. It was money. And, and that just blew up in my face. But now, like the radio stuff that I got passionate about. And so I, I revamped the website. I tweaked the business model. I started attracting good people to the station. And what I found was, and then I started my own show. You know, I do my own show, The Conscious Consultant Hour on talkradio.nyc every Thursday at noon. And what I found was that by doing my own show and just sharing my voice authentically, that instead of having to go out and find my tribe, by just being who I am and being authentic, my tribe found me. And that's really the power of having your own show. And that's why whether it's a podcast or an online radio show or a TV show or a blog, whatever you want to call it, if there's such power in sharing your voice, as long as you're being true to yourself, you're being authentic, and you keep a mind towards, you know, telling a story that that serves the audience in some way. And oh so my gosh! I, what I'm dedicated to now. I love that. I love that because you do intersect two different areas. There's that traditional radio, per, you know, perspective. It's just the medium to receive it is different, right? As opposed right. to, you know, over airwaves, it's just over IP, right? Over a network. Right. Now, that being said, the fact that you have that live streaming, live radio component to it is, again, I'm thinking in terms of now, you know, what we're, this is why I love the intersection because that whole like clubhouse thing where there's like that whole digital mm -hmm. audio thing, it's very similar concept, right? right. But you've got a network around it. Right. And I, I find that fascinating. And I, and I love the fact, again, it makes sense. Take that, that format, that recording and turn it into a podcast. So it gets distributed over, over RSS feed. Like it just makes sense. And that's why it's so exciting because not everyone consumes entertainment the same way and i've articulated this right. many times with clients and i'm sure you're talking with your clients as well which is look you're gonna have an audience that might be video oriented okay that's fine you might have an audience that's audio oriented that's fine too you may have an audience that is written they like newsletters they want blogs and said you know what you can do right. all of that with one content right. and i and i think that's such the powerful message that people need to remember, especially for brands that come to you or maybe want to advertise on your network, is right. the fact that you're getting a huge segment of the population that that understands internet now. Right. Exactly. exactly. Even my mom understands the internet, you know? <laughs> and that's saying something. And, and over the years, what I've found is, is that when you do something live, the people who make the effort and come to listen to you live, they're going to be your most loyal, most engaged fans. But they're going to be the smallest segment of your listenership. 
So by having the live segment, you get to interact directly with those really loyal listeners. Yeah. And then most of the people are going to listen to it afterwards. And you may or may not ever hear anything from them or not. But, you know, by, by really connecting with people and, and being live, it, it's that extra component for me personally. I love it. And, and I know my fans love it. You know, I, there's something about live of putting your feet to the fire, right? You really right. have to be witty. You have to have your wits about you. Um, let me let me rephrase that. You don't have to be witty. You just have to have your wits about you. And I think, I guess that's for me an adrenaline rush. But again, fully cognizant of the fact that's my personality type, right? Yeah. I get excitable pretty much on anything. <laughs> but that being said, though, too, that could also be grating for people that you know don't care for that. So let me ask you this. So Sam, you and I are very, very like-minded in this context. You're, what if you're talking to a client, a brand, for example, that's like, you know what, we would like to do a live stream, um, you know, program with you. Mm -hmm. How much content guidance do you give, and do you even tell them about, it, or is it more of the you hand back, you hang back and say, okay, we have the opportunity to give you some time. If you want my opinions, obviously it's extra, but what exactly do you do to help them or do you help them at all? Yeah, yeah, no, we do a lot. I, I kind of consider the station sort of a done for you solution because we handle all the technology. There's a producer in the room handling the music and uh, the promo spots and things like that. Um, but when it comes to the content, I mean, that's really up to the host because that's their stuff. It's their show. However, I coach my hosts all the time. We have host meetings once a month where they get to come together, meet each other. I listen to the shows. I give them feedback. I mean, lots of times we do a lot of brainstorming before they actually start their show. So it's brainstorming on things like, well, who's your audience? You know, who do you want to reach? What's your theme? What are you all about? And, you know, coming up with a catchy title and stuff like that. But but once they start and get launched, then it's more like tweaking little things and, and, and giving them ideas of how they could utilize the show um, to really support building their brand and their business. So, uh, again, it depends on everyone. It's different. But, like, um, we're not a huge, like, everyone's a number to us. No. Like, I know all my hosts personally. We ch chat every month and uh, you know all of them know and some of them take me up on it they, they'll like call me or text me like anytime during the week and say hey sam do you got a minute to talk i got a question for you and i'm a, and i make myself available because my, my hosts are like my inner tribe they're my family i i want them to succeed as much as possible because if they're not succeeding in their business and their brand then i'm not doing my job oh i love that i you know i love that it's that care feeding it's the, it's that intangible, right? Um, I was talking to someone the other day about production and post-production and the services around it. And let me ask you this, if you agree or disagree, you can jump in, is anyone can do production, post-production work. I mean, there's editors on Fiverr all the time, for example, sure. right? Sure. And, you know, someone had asked me like, so what's the difference? Like, you know, why, is that what you guys do? And then why are you charging so much? And I'm like, well, if you're just looking for someone just to do basic editing and you want zero input, like you basically have to give all the timestamps, all the edits, et cetera, that you want, that's pretty much what you're asking for. You you get what you pay for. If you want someone that yeah. wants to care or give a damn about you, that's where we come in. And that's right. pretty much, um, you know, where we kind of position ourselves. And now, again, for, for us, our production at my company, we focus on businesses that are leveraging, you know, their brand, um, 
for digital content. I don't know fully your hosts. Are they mostly business oriented? Are they wellness, entertainment programs? Do you have these types of conversations with yeah. them? We, we have a pretty broad base of, of people, but our brand is about inspiring, uplifting, educating, and empowering people. So everybody, they kind of fit into that brand in some way. But we have shows on business, nonprofits, health and wellness, personal and spiritual development, society and culture, tra um, destination travel, things like that. Um, and so, and I've worked with many different kinds of hosts over the 12 years. I've had on astrologers and psychics. And um, <laughs> I even had someone who was running for governor on the libertarian ticket in New York State once do a show with me. Um, we, we've had, I tend to stay away from politics because I don't like things that are divisive. But, um, but basically, you know, I get to know somebody and they see it's their topic isn't what's so important to me. It's what, what do they like as a person? What is their personality? Are they about serving an audience or are they all about themselves and they just want to, uh, 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 you know, do an hour long commercial that I'm not interested in. You have know? you had to pull someone back for that? Like, have you noticed anyone or is it you've already prepped them well enough that if you want them to stay on the network or, you know. Yeah. In the early days, I probably had one or two that I had to coach about that and they, they kind of picked up on it. But these days I'm, I think I'm much better at sort of selecting and weeding out those kinds of people. So I don't even attract them anymore. Got it. Oh my God. I just love it. So, okay. I want everyone to check out, I think I'm going to sign homework for anyone that's listening. And if you could just give a little hashtag or a follow uh, to Sam and talkradio.nyc. That would be great. Yeah. It would make me very happy. So um, let's talk about the courses because I know it's not just simply like, you know, you're just throwing up there. You're not just running a studio just for the sake of running a studio. Talk to me about the additional stuff that you offer because I, I think that is why I was really attracted to you because yeah. you're just not a, you know, WKRP and you just sit there at a desk. Right. Well, you know, and I dated the, myself, totally dated myself on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you're still younger than I. Um, <laughs> so when the pandemic hit, I realized that, you know, more and more people are, are looking for solutions, but not everybody is ready to work for me. So then I created this course called Podcast Your Passion, uh, 12, six weeks to create and launch your podcast. And so with this, it's sort of the, I call it the do your, do it yourself solution. Right. So if you want it done for you, come join the network. If you want to do it yourself, you have time. Maybe you don't have that much money to put into things. I take people through in six weeks. It's about an hour and a half uh, course per week. I step you through every little thing you need, how to start, how to do things inexpensively, the equipment to get to get you started, getting your logo, your show description, you know, where to post it, you know, all kinds of things, how to get it listed on all the platforms and then recording and editing and launching it so that by the sixth week, if you've shown up at all the classes, you've done the homework, you're launching your podcast in six weeks which in, in my book, I, I see a lot of people out there who have podcasting courses, but I don't see anybody really stepping you through step-by-step -step live, you know, getting showing you how to do that. And so um, we're actually, I have a course coming up uh, starting on September 20th. Uh, it's Tuesday. We do a Tuesday, like noon to about 1.30 uh, Eastern time. So if you're on the West Coast, it's like 9 a.m. to 10.30. Um, but uh, uh, thank you for putting up the link there. Uh, I use Thrivecart for doing it. So it's talkradio.nyc.thrivecart.com. 
com slash PYP for podcast your passion. And I've gotten tremendous, tremendous testimonials and feedback from people because of the course. And, and literally like everyone who's come through my course, who's just shown up and done the homework, they've all launched their podcast in six weeks. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love that. And you just remind me of a post that I had uh, done the other day where, you know, we talk about like, you know, inspirational memes and all that stuff. Right. And, um, that's great. Inspiring means is great, but you got to execute. So what right. you're describing is exactly, you know, I'm glad you did it to be honest, Sam, because I've been asked to do something similar, you know, for our clients as well. Cause again, we, I do focus on businesses, but I have a lot of personal branded folks, you know, solopreneurs, et cetera. And it's, it's tough because execution is the most critical difference to be starting from a to even C. You know what I mean? And uh, I love that. That's a great idea. And it's six weeks, you guys, hour and a half time each. Spend time with Sam and his team. That makes absolute sense. Anyone that's interested in launching their own podcast, again, cost is an issue. Or you're just like me where you're like, oh, I'm hands-on. I want to learn everything. Um, definitely make the time and effort to to check that out. So, Sam, if anyone wants else wants to get a hold of you, how could they get a hold of you? So the easiest way is just to email me um, through the website at talkradio.nyc. My email address is sam at talkradio.nyc, S-A-M at talkradio, or one word, dot NYC for New York City, because I'm a native New Yorker, and us native New Yorkers know that New York is the center of the universe. So. And, and, and we are always reminded of that fact. So, yes, yeah. fully, fully cognizant of that fact. As a Californian saying that living in Texas, so... <laughs> right. um, <laughs> which neither of those two states are never self-centered either, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> no Sam, I love talking to you. I'm, I, there's a reason why I loved engaging with you because I just feel like there's a great opportunity here for, again, I keep bringing it back to business, but as well as, you know, for personal brands, et cetera, there are multiple routes to creating your own content. There are multiple routes for you to find your place that's most comfortable for you. I'm fully cognizant of the fact that not everyone wants to do video, fully right. cognizant of the fact that not everyone wants to do audio. You know yeah. what? Th there is something where you could actually, if you're trying to find the fastest path to content and you're not sure how to start it sometimes, just record yourself on your cell phone and then transcribe it. There's a lot of software platforms that do it and maybe yeah. find your footing and that will help you get there. People like Sam at talkradio.nyc my company, Innovation Media Enterprises, we're here and there's tons of other people. So if you have questions, I know a lot of folks that do very similar things that we do. We're happy to help you on that. So Sam, I just love, 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 love that we've met. And I do hope that you can come back at some time. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, and we have to have a conversation after this, uh, talk about collaboration in the future, because I have some ideas. See, this is why... I do this show. I'm not going to lie to you. I do this not because I want to just, you know, live stream for the heck of it. It's because people like you come up with brilliant ideas that I never would come up with. And it's like free. Mm -hmm. That's my selfish motivation. <laughs> I'm using you. One hundo. Go for it. Do it. Do it. Babe. Do it. Thank you, my friend. All right. So I do have some uh, closing notes and comments I do have to do. So just hold tight, Sam, for a second here. Friendly reminder that uh, my partner, Aaron Greger, and I of Innovation Media Enterprises, we are the chairs for Global Leaders Organization here in Dallas. We are committed to community commerce, capital, and content. The big part of that here is 
the capital access. This is or, this organization is for uh, businesses that are established, not pure startup. You already have some revenue running, but you're looking to accelerate your growth and you're trying to figure out, should you do it by bootstrapping it yourself or possibly looking at outside investments? So Glow is huge for that. And again, the community has all been there, done that. We have serial entrepreneurs and we have folks that are like, you know, kind of like me is my first route into entrepreneurship. It's a really good blend and mix. So hit me up if you have any questions. There is Glow chapters all over the United States and Canada and Mexico as well. And so happy to lead you and take you on to uh, the local chapters. The other last part, of course, got a show for myself, Innovation Media Enterprises. Everyone has a story to tell. Do it with a podcast. I don't care if you're a person or a Fortune 100 company. We all have stories to tell. I keep telling and hearing people say to me, oh, corporations are people. Well, then freaking start telling some stories. People make it interesting. So we consult, strategize, produce, and market your digital content around podcasts for you. And to bring it all back again, Mr. Sam Leibowitz of talkradio.nyc. You're my best friend ever. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sia. I really appreciate you having me on your show. It's such a pleasure to know you. You're such a fun person. Yeah, It's like every time I have a conversation with you, I just am all smiles. Yay, that makes me happy. So on that note, Sia, we start off. Sia was the angry Sia, and now you've got the happy Sia because you've got the magic touch, Sam. Aww. You're the best ever, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much, darling. <laughs> all right, everyone. Peace out.